Judd. Now appreciate the finer things of Judd, such as Judd for her. Judd now has sparkles and a delicate chamomile taste with extra chamomile pulp. Judd, now for the ladies. A Dungeons and Dragons podcast. A haven for all things nerdy and dungeonous. Enjoy. Hey out there to all you ladies and fellows, all you dwarves and you darrows. All of you foolish adventurers who mistook the gelatinous cube for a bunch of spicy jello. My name is Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, and I'm here today with a solo episode, another DM rant for you. Uh, today's topic is on death. Death. As it were. Um, yeah, and you know, I think that this topic is one that I've sort of circled in a few previous episodes. And it's definitely one that deserves uh, its own, well, I guess its own episode. But I think that it might even get split up again into even more episodes, if you can imagine that. Um, And it might even get some episodic regularity, if you know what I mean, guys. Uh, Anyway, but this episode, I want to talk about death and ask the questions uh, surrounding it. Sort of things like, you know, is it okay to kill characters? Is it okay to have, well, your character killed? Asking the question of, you know, what does death actually mean in a campaign and so on and so forth. But I guess I should probably answer the first question. Uh, is death okay? You know, is it okay in a campaign to have a character die? As a DM, is it okay to kill a character? As a player, how, how does it feel to have a character die? And where do you go from there? So, you know, I guess to give a good answer that, uh, you know, any good answer uh, that somebody could give you is probably somewhere around here, but the answer is sometimes. The answer is maybe. The answer is somewhere in the middle. So is it okay to have a character die? I mean, sometimes. Is it okay for you as a DM to kill characters? Sometimes. If you're catching the pattern here, the point is, is that death is a harsh reality in this game, and as players, we get sort of a, a verisimilitudinous approach, which, God, that's, that's such a pretentious word. I mean, we get our own opportunity to kind of experience a, a little death, if as it were, in in this game, where we can grow to love a character and get to know a character and, well, witness their painful demise. Uh, it's it's hard to deal with sometimes. I think we've all had a character we've really liked in a TV show or a movie or something like that, or a series that, well, when they die, it genuinely hurts, you know? I can't think of enough characters that died in The Legend of Drist that felt kind of like it didn't matter when they died, but certain bigger characters that, you know, when they died, it, it kind of hits you in a weird way. I mean, we all knew that there were fantasy characters, but when it when they died, it, you know, it hurt. I'm about to yell Boromir, but I'm afraid I do live with other people, and I wouldn't want to wake anybody up. Boromir! Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. But, anywho, 
So, you know, it, it's hard to deal with, but it's kind of where the game gets a lot of its essence and beauty. I mean, not to quote myself from episodes one through six, but, you know, what is the game without a little bit of danger? What is the game without a little bit of risk? You know, death is merely the inevitability all characters face. Well, that and the inevitability of never actually meeting for another game after the first one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, death is guaranteed for most characters, you know? So, is it okay? Well, I mean, I guess for the validity of a game world, it has to be okay. Because why would you make a game world where death can't happen to characters? I mean, what's the point? Do you just live? Do you just deal with situations knowing at all times that the worst that could happen is things get complicated? You know? I just feel like without a firm sense that death can happen, I mean, there's no real excitement to the game. So is death okay? I'm gonna put my foot down and say, yeah, I think it's okay to have characters die. But, you know, I'm reminded of instances like, you know, what happened in Critical Role. I'm not gonna get into the depths of it, but an important and beloved character died during a random encounter. You know, a lot of DMs don't even bother with random encounters anymore, but, you know, that's the whole point. It's random. It's not meaningful. It's not usually strung up with storyline. And thus, to have a character die there, it hurts extra, but why? You know, we wonder the question of why would that hurt any more than during the final battle with the evil, you know, BBEG, the big bad evil guy? Well, because there's no point, literarily speaking. It, it just feels like it's kind of a meaningless and, and sort of useless, I don't know, death. Like, it doesn't serve a purpose to the character, the storyline, or anything meaningful. So, I guess, then what are we supposed to do? Reserve death for when it sort of fits? I mean, yeah, right? I mean, I know that seems kind of like a, a silly and contrived thing to do, uh, to suggest that as a DM you should really reserve death for only when it suits the players, but I mean, you know, a lot of the time as a DM, I mean, DMs, we can all be honest with our players. We fudge roles. I dare any DM to tell me that they haven't at least once in their life fudged a role. But like, that's the thing. I think what separates good DMs and bad DMs is the kind of roles they're willing to fudge on. If you're having that random encounter and you just rolled a crit with maximum damage that's definitely going to kill a character, why would you actually go through with it, you know? Like, if these characters are 18th level and they're on their way to go fight the big bad evil guy in some end of campaign blitz and they go to fight, you know, one of the, one of the minions, I mean, would you, would you want them to die indefinitely right there? I mean, maybe. We can imagine a situation where maybe that minion and that specific character had it out for each other specifically. Maybe in, in terms of storyline, maybe that's the perfect spot for them to die, you know? Think about what that does to enrich a storyline, to think that the players get to go to fight the big bad evil guy, and they know that that last character is not there but they died for a reason. It sort of emboldens them to fight harder, you know? It sort of makes it all much more worth it to go into that battle and give it 110%, or 110 percentile. Um, but, you know, I, I think the next thing to talk about is, you know, sort of a thing that we can't dodge, no matter what the podcast episode is, but the different additions and how they approach death. Now, I know this is going to be pretty obvious, so I'm going to try to glaze over this and just highlight an interesting concept that came up for me. 
uh, when thinking about doing this episode, and that's that, you know, the earlier editions were much more deadly to characters. The earlier editions were not afraid of killing players often. In a lot of cases, certain modules were almost like branded and, and merchandised as being murderous, death-ridden dungeons and modules. Like, no characters were assumed to live. I mean, look at the Tomb of Annihilation. I mean, sorry, the Tomb of uh, Tomb of Horrors. Do you think that players went into that because they knew their characters were going to live? Or do you think they went into it knowing that either this was going to be one hell of a challenge and they were willing to have a character die to sort of put their you know life on the line as a character, sort of just to prove the, uh, the chutzpah of a, of a player? It's like, no. People wanted to see the carnage. People dug that. It was, it was so gritty and so harsh and so pulpy that it was impossible not to love it, you know? Just because it was such an attitude in the game that, you know, only the the wildest and most brave, either you were incredibly stupid or incredibly skilled, either way, there was a reason why you were willing to risk your life with so much of a possibility of your death in front of you, you know? But as you get further along and you reach things like 3rd edition and 4th edition and 5th edition, I mean, death becomes so much, I don't know, less encountered. I feel like there's almost death saves. That, I mean, I mean, yes, I guess specifically death saves, but there's almost like safeguards put in place that help prevent death from happening. Now, in many cases, I think that that's great because that takes away the possibility of a character dying in a situation where it's not warranted or meaningful to storyline. But doesn't that kind of highlight the big point here? Earlier editions it was much more about the dungeon and much more about the gameplay than it was about the storyline. Storyline almost came along over time as it was. And thus, death was just a part of the mechanics. Death was a part of the game. But in later editions, when storyline became the focus and people made these huge character concepts with giant character backstories and storyline and modules were written up in these giant, you know, romanticized literary pieces, like, death was used more as a plot device. Now, I know that this seems to be sort of a juxtaposition that implies maybe one is better than the other, but nah, I, I don't think that one is really either better than the other. I think that in the end, they both just kind of highlight how the game has beautifully segued into a new generation of playstyle. And I think what the, what's beautiful about that is it shows the maneuverability of a game like this, is that Dungeons & Dragons is able to sort of I don't know, go deeper than it was before. But that kind of also implies that maybe in the future when we have D&D &D 10th edition and all those 10th edition players are getting, you know, fists waggled at them on the internet by people who played 5th edition and... Anyway. Um, maybe in the future there will be a completely different approach to gameplay and people will look at the game in a completely different light. I think it's beautiful that we can see the transition of how death is expressed in a game like this. Because death is such a such an expected outcome, it's cool to see how each individual edition sort of handles it. It's kind of like the concept of magic in a game like this. Magic has to be in a fantasy world. I don't care who you are. If you're doing high fantasy, swords and sorcery or something, there's magic somewhere. You know? It has to be. Or I guess it doesn't have to be. Whatever. Um... But how somebody handles their magic, or how a different edition handles their magic, sort of highlights a lot of the, you know, the, the attitude of the system that you're playing in. I apologize, my dog's jingling her, uh, <laughs> her collar. Um, but, you know, because I guess it sort of highlights, I mean, if you look at the magic of 
the first edition of the game compared to the fifth edition of the game, compared to the fourth edition of the game, you see that different editions, that huge element of gameplay sort of helped express the overall attitude that the edition was trying to get across, you know? So the way that fifth edition has death set up as a plot device, it almost seems like it's purposefully done to make sure that players don't oftentimes die because storyline doesn't usually allow for characters to die randomly on the road from some random encounter, you know? But anyway, enough about that. I want to talk about what happens after death. No, not the pearly gates. No, not the really hot gates. I'm talking about resurrection, reviving and all that fun stuff. Now, I think one of the biggest problems I face in games is the availability of certain magics and certain magic items. And I remember, as a person who was sort of raised on 3.5, I'm very familiar with the idea of the, uh, you know, the Amazon.com of, of magic item stores where players were able to look through different equipment guides and fluff books and whatnot to be able to see the uh, kind of magic items they wanted to buy. And having all these things available at their fingertips sort of made them feel like when a DM said they weren't allowed to have it, it was like, I don't know, having ice cream in the fridge and telling the kids they're not allowed to eat it, you know? It's waggling in front of their faces. And what stinks as a DM is that this isn't just some magic item you're dangling in front of them and saying, no, I'm sorry, in my campaign, we're not going to have the, I don't know, Holy Avenger. We're saying, you know, potentially, sorry, in my campaign, there is no resurrection spell. You can wish and use a wish to resurrect people, but there's no resurrection. Like, that, that almost feels like the DM is pitting themselves against the players and sort of setting themselves up to be sort of an enemy of the players, to rob them of their character who died such a tragic and pathetic fate to say you're not allowed to bring them back. It almost feels like, I don't know, sort of an attack on that character specifically, and I guess more importantly, an attack on that player. People get offended, and it starts to feel like an us-versus-them kind of game. Unfortunately... I don't know, it's not like, I don't know, It that's a misrepresentation of what it actually is like. And I, the reason why I'm even suggesting the idea of denying players resurrection is because, you know, again, death is an inevitability in a game like this where there is danger, damage, life, and inevitably there's going to be death. To have players have a way out of it that's readily available, a way to sort of amend death, it just feels like it cheapens the experience of death even more you know and like what the heck is the use of having a character die if you're high enough at level that all that means is that they're inconvenienced by i don't know somebody then has to spend ten thousand gold to get a certain spell cast or something like that like what the heck kind of inconvenience is that this is death not having you know your registration on your car expire and have to you know skip work to go get that sticker or something like that like this is death you know the big D. Oh, oh, snap. Uh, okay, maybe not that. But it's, you know, it's death. It should be important. It should be dangerous. It should be scary. Not have the players sort of just look at it like, roll their eyes and say, fine, I guess we have to go to the church and go get that blessing, go get the character revived, pay that money. And they all sort of roll their eyes as if it's just an inconvenience. Like, what's the point of death at that point? Not to mention, what's the point of death for the world at large? You know, if you plan on having certain character storylines or uh, villainous storylines or heroic storylines that involve, you know, somebody's tragic death, 
if all you have to do is just point your finger up to this guy and say, uh, excuse me, why didn't they just use Revive? Clearly they had enough money. Clearly the king of, I don't know, Galadonia had enough money to revive his wife. Why didn't he? And it's like, you know, it just seems like one of those things that kind of cheapens the experience of death. And thus cheapens the overall storyline, cheapens gameplay, you know? So I guess as a DM, personally, I would make death an incredibly difficult thing to, I guess, reverse. I think it would have to involve, at the very least, the highest level spell for resurrection. I would get rid of things like revivify, if I remember the rules for 5th edition correctly, which I'm obviously not omnipotent, and if anybody wants to correct me, shoot me an email over at theyounggrognard at gmail.com, or on the Twitter page, why grognard, you know. Uh, uh, the, the thing I want to say is, try getting rid of those low-level resurrections, you know, get rid of those. Or, or the uh, uh, reincarnation for druids. Like, get rid of those low-level ones, you know? And instead, just leave the big heavy-duty one. And I think that that will sort of make it seem like, yes, you can reverse the effects of death, but it's a ninth level spell, or a tenth, or what? Sorry, eighth level spell, or something. So it's like only a few people in the world know how to cast it, you know. And then additionally, why not make the penalties for resurrection rough? You know, make them bad, make it hurt to come back from death. An interesting rule that was along for advanced that. I, I absolutely love. I think it's really scary. I think it's really dangerous. And I think that it it adds an element of very, very dangerous dice rolling. But, you know, the rules for, uh, I believe it was System Shock or Resurrection Success Rate for Advanced where based on your con score, you had a different percentile chance of actually being able to be revived or not. The Constitution score sort of being the... Uh, indicator of how much your soul was in tune with your corpse your actual physical form and thus if you had a very weak constitution your body was so frail and so weak that when you died your soul sort of was stripped away really easily and thus resurrection was you know near impossible because it was just so hard to keep your body intact and have your body come back whereas somebody who's very durable healthy strong and and you know and and capable of enduring great tragedies it seems like they'd have a better ability to sort of come back from death. And I sort of like that rule quite a bit. The idea that those weaker characters wouldn't be able to come back just because they don't have the strength for it. That also, I think, helps a lot with the idea that a lot of those bigger, bulkier characters who are going to find themselves in the front soaking up damage will probably be the most likely to die, you know? Um, and thus, their ability to come back will be higher. Sort of, I don't know making sense of the idea that the ones who are most likely to die would also be the ones who are most likely to survive it. But additionally, I also really like the rule of certain, I don't know, maybe I'm going to sound sort of like I'm picking on elves for this, but in a lot of campaign settings that I've homebrewed up, what I did was I suggested that elves, uh, pure elves, not half elves, but elves were sort of in their own lane in that they behaved a lot like creatures from other domain uh, other uh, uh, planes in that they like sort of didn't age but because elves lived on the material plane long enough they aged and they could live for virtually forever now i imagine i could argue that probably only like to the age of 5000 or 10000 or something something no player would ever be able to experience but the idea that maybe they could someday meet a i don't know 4000 5000 year old elf but but argue that maybe those elves 
do not have the capacity to be revived as if their soul is so entwined with their flesh that it keeps them like perpetually young or keeps them perpetually alive forever and when they die and whenever their soul is sort of separated from their body when they when they drop dead like it cannot ever come back because it was so perfectly in tuned that when that's disrupted it's just gone forever now i really like that idea i know there's a bunch of nerds out there who are going to argue about tolkien at me or whichever fantasy world all that stuff comes from but frankly nah i'm just kidding i love all the uh, all the comments and anything anybody wants to tell me so feel free to shoot me a line um but yeah, so I think that's the end of this podcast, uh, this episode, and I hope you guys liked it. Uh, I'm reluctant to say nobody was able to join me today. Our good buddy Rygra was not allowed to uh, join because he is currently storming a Floridian temple of of ancient artifacts, and fl- I, he's in Florida, or, or something like that. I don't know, that's a lie he told me. Um, but yeah, so I uh, just wanted to say a big shout out to both Jared and Sarah for being on the uh, last podcast. Uh, Hoping to get some more people on here, have some more voices, more input. So again, if anybody has anything they want to talk about, hear me blab about, anything they want to argue with me about, feel free to drop me a line, either at the Twitter, over at YGrognard, or shoot me an email at YoungGrognard, that's Y-U- ngrognard at gmail.com I'm more than willing to reply and I would love to hear what you guys have to say um, I don't really have much of an outro planned out I know I got that weird wacky beginning thing down pretty pat but I don't know roll a 20 DMs appreciate your players players appreciate your DMs and uh, have a good night take care Wanted to give a quick shout out and give some credit where credit is due. The opening music I played during the Judd commercial was the song Sincerely by Mr. Kevin McLeod.